We've all seen the incredible horse and rider combinations as the backbone of our sport. But what about everything else that makes the equestrian world tick? From the everyday grind to the world-class professional, join the Equestrian Podcast as we talk about every equestrian discipline in a way that hasn't been done before. Now here's your host, rider, trainer, and influencer behind my equestrian style, Bethany Lee. Hey friends, and welcome to the Equestrian Podcast. I'm your host, Bethany Lee, and this is episode 212. Our guest today is the CEO of Formahoof, which is a patented liquid fit mold that fits to a horse's hoof to recreate the form of a perfectly healthy, balanced hoof. It can be used to correct issues in the hoof and support rehabilitation. Formahoof uses an advanced polymer material that mimics the way that a natural healthy hoof operates, and it's been designed to flex as a healthy hoof does, so the horse feels really immediate relief and improved comfort. Formahoof material also has been designed to be minimally adhesive to ensure that no damage is done to the hoof during the removal process. So without further ado, please welcome our guest today, Alex Papantonio. I've been a big fan of Formahoof. Um, for anyone who wants to refer back to episode 124, we had Rob Stevenson on to talk a little bit about um, the history of Formahoof. And now we have Alex on today to continue the conversation. So I would love to kind of start from the beginning. How did you get started in the equestrian industry? Okay. So just to give you a bit of background about my work previously. I was always involved in helping companies on a consultative basis on how they could expand uh, the customer experience that they offer by implementing disruptive or new technologies and changing their mindset to see how they could adapt faster to market conditions. So I obviously came up with this idea when, um, when I met my previous partner and what we managed to do uh, using all the technologies at our hands because former who have their own in-house R&D department is slowly start looking at what the problems were with existing hoof care and work backwards to develop the product from scratch to address those problems and offer new perspectives on how people could tackle these issues. Very cool. So how did you get involved in hoof care to start and why are you so passionate about it? Like why, why would you say hoof care is so important? Well, um, I'm passionate about disruption in general and disruption happens all around us. I mean, if you look just uh, maybe a decade ago, uh, people were told not to get into other people's cars, right? But with the advent of Uber and apps like that, Mm. Uh, you're doing exactly that. So you're calling a stranger up and you're getting in the yeah, car. True. Um, so I don't think the equine hoof care industry was one of those industries which will not be touched by disruption. I mean, there are new products coming to market every day. There are new perspectives coming to market. There's new research coming out. So when I looked at the industry, I thought it was a perfect opportunity to apply what we'd learned from other experiences and bring it in and really develop something that the people had been asking for. When you got started, what did what did the industry look like as far as hoof care? Uh, when we got started, obviously, we went around, we talked to a lot of equine hoof care professionals, and we noticed that a lot of the ideas that 
relate to hoof care, for example, shoes have been around for millennia, right? The original shoe came about when the Romans built the roads or, or that time about. And obviously, as technology progressed, you had other solutions coming in, but never really anything that was radically different to what was available previously. So what we thought was there was a bit of a, a reinvention of the wheel going on in some cases, not in all cases, obviously, because we don't like to generalize. Um, but the main direction was to stick with the status quo, which is, you know, we do what we know, and it's been good enough all this time. So um, we'll continue doing that. And then for people who don't know much about Forma Hoof, can you give me a rundown of what it is? Yeah, definitely. So to go back to the history of how this product evolved, we looked at the hoof as a 3D structure because that's really what it is. No one can lie and say that it's a 2D or 2.5D structure. And when we looked at the hoof and the way the hoof moves, because the hoof does move and flex, um, we decided quite soon that if you were going to support that structure adequately, you would need a product which offers similar properties or similar biomechanics to what a natural hoof does. So what former hoof is, is a molded on shoe um, that essentially provides support all around the 3D geometry of the hoof rather than just the bottom or the sides or any area of, of, of that structure. Would you say there are specific good candidates for Forma Hoof? Could any horse benefit from Forma Hoof? Or are there some where um, it might not be a good fit? Well, there's a lot of controversy surrounding where it can be used and where it sure. can't be used. Um, and this is definitely something that we're open for discussion. But what we find is the particular areas of improvement are when the damage to the hoof prohibits uh, the smooth movement of the horse or in cases of laminitis, for example, or white line disease or cracks where the horse is actually in pain. What Formal Hoof does is it offers kind of an instant relief because the mechanical strength of the Formal Hoof takes away the need of the hoof structure to absorb that, that those forces. So we do have people that just use it as a day-to-day -day tool for protection. But where we really shine, I would say, is in the rehab realm, realm uh, where uh, a lot of 2D applications or when the hoof is so damaged you can't nail on a shoe, those are the cases where formal hoof is really good. So the non-invasive aspect of it and the ability to support it and remove or uh, inhibit some of the strains that go on on the hoof uh, really to help the horse. Yeah, definitely in the discipline that I'm involved in, in the hunter jumper world, you do see quite a bit of glue on shoes. What, tell me your thoughts on that. And then would a horse like that who needs the, the glue on be a good fit? And then also on the same token, in a lot of disciplines, quality of movement is a big part of the sport. Tell me a little bit about the like the overall weight of having Forma Hoof as the, you know the horse's hoof care and how that kind of affects the quality of movement. 
Okay, super. So that's a very good question, actually. Sorry, it was kind uh, so of like seven questions at once. <laughs> <laughs> that's fine. I'm keeping notes. The idea of gluons is a good idea, right? And it's it's what I was talking about before. So the market did have a drive towards finding alternatives to traditional shoeing. What we see is that we could be considered an evolution of that gluon concept into a mold-on concept. Um, which supports the hoof and gives it almost an orthopedic effect. So the same way as athletes might have custom insoles, right. or if you have an orthopedic issue and you have pain in your back, you might have special pads in your shoes. Formal hoof is designed to give those perfect angles and that perfect support to the hoof with every application. And the important part to stress at this point is that because it's a molded-on process, the repeatability aspect is very high. So you don't really get massive deviations of quality from application to application. And obviously, the more competent someone becomes, the faster the process becomes, and the more efficient it becomes. So that would answer part of your question. Now, for your discipline, obviously, where, where the posture and the movement of the horse is very important, uh, what we can see is if there has been an issue with the feet, this can offer a very quick relief and a return to training much faster than with traditional means. And what we're seeing is a lot of our customers are using it for that exact reason. So if there is damage to the feet and you don't want to have the horse out of action for a long time because that would interfere with your training program, uh, then put the former hoof on get the horse comfortable and get back riding where possible. So would you say Forma Hoof is mostly used through a rehabilitation process? Um, what would you say is like the end goal for your Forma Hoof users for when they can kind of like go back into their desired work? Okay, so that's super. Another good question. Um, first of all, people need to understand that Forma Hoof is not intended to be a forever solution. Sure. So it could be in some cases, and we do have a lot of people that have just decided that it works well for the horse, so they're gonna keep it on. Um, but that rehab area is really where we shine. Now, because of the newness of the technology and its disruptive nature, we haven't discovered every application yet because every day we get comments saying that it improved this or it improved that aspect. Uh, so, what we want to do really now is to focus on getting the rehab benefits out and this ability to go back into training or go back into working or even riding if it's a case of a recreational rider and then build up on that through the experiences we have with our professional network and start expanding on the use cases. Obviously, it's a mold of the horse's foot what do you do? Like, tell me a little bit about the process of, you know, let's say a horse is coming to you who is heel sore and you are trying to kind of adjust that hoof angle. What, like, how do you go about doing the form of hoof mold, knowing that there's going to be some significant shape changes? And then also keeping in mind, you're putting a mold over a horse's hoof that, you know, you were just saying, 
um, is continually moving, which I find so crazy. I think a lot of people don't really think about because you think, oh, the hoof is this like hard piece of the bottom of the horse's foot. Um, but it actually is like moving and, and shifting all the time. So tell me a little bit about how you had to kind of navigate those two areas while you were creating form a hoof. Yeah, well, you're very right. You're spot on. And to be honest, um, I could be accused of exactly that. So when I came into the industry, I had a similar belief that the the hoof was bulletproof and it was there for a reason mm-hmm. um, and it was completely rigid and et cetera, et cetera. But looking into it more and after our years of experience now, that's not really the case. And the movement of the hoof is actually quite complex when you look at it under simulation. Uh, so you really need something there which will allow the horse to feel as if nothing is on its feet. Uh, which means the application needs to be light, which it is. And it needs to move and flex in a way that a natural hoof would. And form hoof does exactly that because it's a liquid fill process. So it conforms perfectly to each individual horse's foot. And when it cures, basically you have a protective layer over that hoof, which just adds a bit of mechanical strength in the 3D geometry of the hoof without inhibiting its movement. Now, if you think of a metal shoe, obviously a piece of metal is completely rigid and this would interfere, as some studies say, uh, with the natural movement of the hoof and its behavior. Um, So we're quite keen to position ourselves as the best alternative after a natural barefoot healthy hoof. Mm Um, because we do allow for this movement, which is so important for the health of the feet and the health of the horse. Right. But then you've kind of been able to like marry the two ends of the spectrum while still providing a product that protects the horse's foot. Yeah, exactly. So it will protect in cases of the environment. So from Mm -hmm. impact or bacteria or humidity. As long as it's applied properly, there's no issue of any uh, fungus or anything growing under the application, which I know is some people's concern. So what we really wanted to do is go back to the basics and look at the biomechanics, and look how we could replicate that. And I think this is what gives horses that immediate comfort, because even when we've had cases of severe laminitis or founder, and a horse gets his first set of form hoof, you can see it takes a few timid steps, but then usually it just runs off Mm. um, because that strain has gone away from the hoof and has gone into the form hoof, which is supporting it. Wow. I hope you have video footage of that because that sounds so powerful. That's so cool. (sighs) Yeah, there have been a few emotional moments with customers, especially especially with um, with clients' horses that are not actively engaged in racing or, or any of the high-end equestrians, because a lot of people think that we're a tool which really relates to the racing industry or, mm. or very expensive horses. Most of the emotional moments we've had are with customers that have a 23-year-old horse that they love and has been with a family for all those years, and they just don't see it want to go from something which in our case, we think could be preventable. Definitely. Um, speaking of disciplines, yeah, where do you see the most, I guess, your, your customers coming from as far as disciplines go? So we currently have customers in over 50 countries. And I'm quite proud to say that I think we probably wow. have customers in every single industry. 
or discipline across all levels from amateur up to very high levels. Now, whether people want to publish it or not, that's a different story. Sure. But uh, when you look at the rehab, it doesn't really matter because the same horse that's in a hunter jumper that suffers from white lion or laminitis and the same horse that's racing that suffers can follow the same process. So this is what we're quite excited about. It's a process which can be replicated across every case in every discipline mm -hmm. rather than having to have specific knowledge of the case and the discipline in order to progress. Right. Before we get in a word from our sponsor, I want to talk about them for a little bit because I have worked with and worn Tucker Tweed equestrian products for a while now and I love them. The quality leather is amazing and I'm always wearing their Wellington wristlet and their backpack. The products are stunning. If you are familiar with Tucker Tweed Equestrian, then you most likely know and have seen how often they promote their retail partners. With the cancellation of a number of nationwide horse shows, many retail partners are missing out on key opportunities to see and service their clients. So, to support their partner tax stores, Tucker Tweed is encouraging you to shop tax store websites during those missed horse show dates or purchase through Tucker Tweed directly, but then make sure to tag the respective tax stores in the order notes. This way, we can all support tax stores and each tax store receives credit for any purchases made. Thank you so much for that reminder, Jill Tweedy, founder of Tucker Tweed. You are amazing, Jill. Thank you for everything that you're doing. Okay, let's get back to the episode. And then as far as application, I feel like maybe another not hurdle, but something that you've had to, I'm sure, think through extensively is the application process and finding the vets and the farriers who can apply this properly. So tell me a little bit about that process. Yeah, definitely. So obviously with every new product and every new idea, education is a key part of the transitioning process because at the end of the day, at the basis of it, it's a change management exercise. So you change something that people have been doing over and over for, I don't want to mention how long, <laughs> and you replicate it with something new that you yeah. know works. And the best way to do that is via online training. So one of the first things we did when we established a new company in Ireland was to invest in an online training platform, which allows people to do it from the comfort of their home. It comes with a full testing and certification process which is assessed by professionals worldwide. And once someone feels confident to uh, submit their practical exam, then we certify them. And really what we're saying to the market is that this is a global standard of quality. Now, I say this because the more owners I talk to, the more I realize that there is a very broad spectrum of hoof care quality right. around the world. And this isn't a particular isolated topic in any country or any discipline. Uh, some countries do it a bit better than others because there are certain requirements mm -hmm. into becoming a hoof care professional. But in general, what you see is there is a very, very big, broad spectrum. So what we want to do is we really want to level the playing field. And we wanted a process that was easy to learn, easy to pick up, and then easy to replicate uh, on a wide scale. And this is why we combine it with the online training. And as long as someone is confident to do the trim and follow the course, then the learning curve is actually uh, quite steep. So it's a really, really efficient process. 
Tell me a little bit, like walk me through what it would look like for a new customer who wants to get Formahoof. What what does that process look like from the time they have kind of their first visit with their farrier or with you through Formahoof and um, then gets the product on their horse's feet? Okay, brilliant. That's actually a very good question because that's something we've been struggling with a bit. Uh, and I'll be completely honest with you. The cost structure is slightly different with Formal Hoof because mm. what you're doing is you're investing up front in a product which will stay with you for a large amount of time, but then you will see significant savings over that period. So instead of having small incremental charges which build up with mm-hmm. Formal Hoof, you buy your starter kit. The starter kit has everything that you would need in order to have two or three applications on your horse. Then you just need to convince your farrier to do the application, or you could go to a farrier that has his own tools, form of tools uh, directly. But we want to play with both models um, because um, it makes sense for some owners just to keep supplies on site because then you don't have to worry about the issues that oh, I don't have polymer, I don't have the right size, I need to order it, it needs to get to me. Whereas if you have your own product for your own horse, obviously it's a lot more efficient. Yeah, definitely. When you you said uh, convince your farrier, and I think a lot of that is coming from, I, I don't know about the farriers that you've worked with in the past, but when I think about the farriers that I work with, I think time is usually one of the biggest struggles. Um, I feel like our my farriers never have enough hours in the day to get all of their client horses done. But I feel like another there there might be other reasons why they might want not want to like adopt this new way um, of thinking. So, what do you find is maybe a struggle or where farriers might be hesitant to kind of take on Formahoof? Yeah, well, this is a bit of a controversial topic actually yeah. because there are there are two. There are two routes you can take. There are the people that are obviously very busy, as you said, and they have a full order book and they never have time for anyone. And they're mm-hmm. just running around trying to do the best they can, right. which is very respectable. And then there is another route, which is certain traditionalists, which say that this is the end of an era and the destruction of an industry. Right. And farrier is such a skilled task. So if you take the guessing work and the skill out of it uh, and you make this globally repeatable process, then where is the skill to doing it? Um, Which, in a sense, I have to agree to, but this will will definitely offer a tool that will allow the global standards to increase and the divide between very good and very bad to get much thinner. Mm -hmm. Obviously, there is a learning curve for doing formal moves, so I don't want to fool anyone to say that you get it and you slap it on and right. uh, it's all great. But it will definitely narrow that divide between people that really know what they're doing and people that are less skilled. Mm-hmm. But what we have found is that people that stayed with the product have actually started developing the treatment methodologies based on it. So it's opened up a completely new direction, which wasn't available previously uh, for rehab cases based on the attributes of and the benefits of Formahoof. So it's actually developing the tools rather than destroying 
the industry, as some people may say. It's just another tool that you can use to do a job. What would you say are the most common reasons people reach out to you um, to use Formahoof? Um, well, initially, it was definitely <laughs> anyone that was kind of on their last ditch attempt uh, and yeah. had tried everything. And they're like, okay, I'll give this a go because I just don't want to see my horse go um, go the wrong way. Mm-hmm. And that's how our success grew because we developed a repertoire very quickly of being able to either alleviate the pain or improve the condition of some very, very terrible hoof conditions. But what we're seeing now is that that's shifting a bit and people are finding out about the technology and they're like, well, you know, I could go down one route, which comes with question marks, right? Because no one will guarantee you a result. So you might end up chasing the rabbit down the rabbit hole. And people are saying, well, I might as well jump straight to the end and try this product uh, in order to avoid that whole cycle of degradation. Because chances are, the longer a treatment cycle goes on, the more chances are that something will go wrong, right? Yeah, that's a really good point. As far as time frame, I mean, obviously it must depend on the maybe like severity of the issue or the kind of the end goal for using Formahoof. But um, as far as the kind of day-to-day care, what does that look like? And and what does that look like for, you know, when you get to four to five weeks or whatever, and where, where it would be a normal, a trim or a horse getting shot again? So the great thing about it is that once it goes on, there's not much that needs to be done, right? So you can live a relatively carefree life for that four, five, six-week period that the former hoof will stay on. Mm-hmm. What we do see during that period is a highly increased uh, hoof growth process because uh, there's no external wear and tear on the hoof because it's completely protected. There's no aspect of it being affected by humidity or dampness or mud or any environmental conditions. So it really gives the horse time to recover um, and grow out healthy hoof. And a lot of it goes back to the stress levels and the pain levels. So by applying the form of reducing the pain levels, ultimately reduces stress levels. And our theory is that this helps the, the recovery process accelerate. Now, obviously, it's very hard to prove this scientifically, but eventually we hope to get to that point where we can say that, yes, you will experience a far accelerated recovery. And you're probably collecting quite a few case studies showing that too. Oh, yeah, definitely. Every size, type, breed of horse, Mm -hmm. every country, every language. Yeah. Um, it's been an absolute roller coaster and a lot of fun for the whole team. Mm-hmm. Um, and just getting thank you notes from our customers after saying that, you know, I wish I'd tried it sooner and this is miraculous wow. has really been uh, a motivator for everyone going forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like for a lot of horse owners, it almost takes, uh, you, you almost kind of take hoof health for granted if it hasn't been an issue for you or your, you know, your horse before until something happens or where, you know, you're needing more of 
um, involved care with hoof health and just how much it affects the horse as a whole. Like it is completely like the backbone of a healthy horse. And when that is not in check, I mean, it affects rideability, your horse's overall comfort and, you know, really everything like the, your, your intended use for your horse and, and all of that. So it's, it, but it's almost like you have to be in it, you know, personally to really, um, be able to like understand the need for products like Forma Hoof. What would you say are, I mean, obviously you have your main product. Do you have other products on your like Forma Hoof line? At the moment, we're really focusing on developing what we've had because uh, one of the well, <laughs> one of the uh, um, one of the side effects of the success we've been having so far is that every day we get new requests. For example, can you put ice studs on it? Can you mm. uh, can you nail the shoe? Can you do this? Can you do that? So. Part of my job in particular, being at the helm with my executive team, is managing and figuring out where we can offer the immediate benefit to the horse. Mm. Because for a product to be truly uh, disruptive and revolutionary, it needs to bring about a change in the overall benefit of the ultimate customer, which is the horse. Right. So... Our goal is to continue our R&D program, listen to the market, listen to the owners. We're never going to claim that we're 100% perfect because I don't think that's possible. Mm -hmm. But we are narrowing in onto the areas where we know we can help most with that technology. Sure. So yeah. we're going to keep innovating and keep coming out with new stuff. I can't talk about it publicly, but there will be a few announcements coming soon. <laughs> I love it. That is so exciting. What would you say is an area of the equestrian industry that you're very passionate about, obviously within hoof health, that you feel like the rest of the equestrian community either just doesn't know a lot about or doesn't talk enough about? Um, well, through my, through my experience and through my learning curve personally, um, what I did is I went on a lot of I went on a lot of hoof care forums and Facebook groups and everything to try and figure out what people were really looking for. And you can't expect the average owner to be an expert in hoof care, right? So we devised what we call a circle of trust, which is the owner going to the farrier, going to the vet. Uh, oftentimes, funnily enough, there might be a disagreement there. Uh, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> what we want to do is we want to encourage people to go out there because there's such a wealth of knowledge there are so many blogs there are so many forums there are so many qualified people young people new people talking about hoof care and how it should be done so we really want to tell people to do their own research and not to take answers that they receive on face value and the reason it is is because you know, people are motivated by different things. So uh, if I was an owner, uh, much the same way that if you were sick or I was sick, we might Google the symptoms, right? Uh, I know that's not always a successful experience. But, <laughs> no. Uh, <laughs> you, you will eventually fall across some pocket of knowledge that might explain yeah. what's going on. So we really want to encourage people um, to go out there and search. Again, we will continue publishing more information on our academy, and we're actually in discussions with a lot of third parties to host third-party content 
all about horse welfare. So it could be nutrition, it could be general podiatry. Some of the courses mm. are specifically designed for professionals. Some are designed for owners, which are more high level and more um, more explanatory. Mm-hmm. So that people have a better idea of what's going on, because there is there are a lot of myths, old wives' tales. There's a lot of ideas going around that may not be justified these days. So we really do want to encourage people to reach out to us, or reach out to to whoever they feel could give them good advice, or just search the web and uh, yeah. formulate their own opinions. Well, hopefully, people are searching the web and happening upon your website speaking of <laughs> how, how can people for people who are looking they're like man i feel like my horse would be a, a good fit for this how can they get more information so there are multiple channels um we offer a paid consultancy service with former hoof experts around the world uh, where people can book a slot and they can actually go over x-rays uh, and we encourage people that are at quite an advanced stage to do this because obviously you don't want to pay for something that you just want general information on. Sure. But if you really want to get into the specifics of it, it makes sense to uh, book a consultation and speak to someone that's been doing formal for a while and has a very broad understanding of if it will help or not. Um, but our website, formalhoof.com, has a lot of information. People can reach out on email, social media. Uh, we have a team globally now willing to take questions. So um, we're there to help. Uh, we will be completely impartial. Uh, so we're not in the uh, business of creating false expectations. And if anyone wants to reach out, we highly encourage them. Yeah, I think that that's the key is to, I mean, I feel like at the the root of Formahoof is really just trying to find ways to make horse hoof health, you know, more talked about and for people to be able to learn more and educate themselves um, to make those decisions. And, you know, it might not be Formahoof, it might be something else, but to be able to offer this, you know, revolutionary product like this, I mean, it took a lot of guts and a lot of, you know, education on your end, a lot of effort, and um, it's definitely paying off. I know that more and more people are using it and so excited about it. And it's almost like, every user you have is just another success story because they're able to really see big differences in their horses, you know, not only soundness and movement, but just overall happiness. So I I think that it's really amazing what you're doing. Yeah. Well, thank you very much. And um, as I said, this is, this is our business. So our business is not really selling hoof care products. Our business is trying to figure out ways and means to increase the overall welfare of horses. Mm -hmm. And, you know, people say, uh, no hoof, no horse. We could say new hoof, new horse quite easily. Love it. And uh, we might go with that eventually. (laughs) Yeah. That's so cool. Well, amazing. Well, Alex, thank you so much for taking the time and kind of demystifying the idea of hoof health and form a hoof and kind of what it's about and who it would be a good fit for. And so I thank you for taking the time and I wish you all the best. Thank you very much. It was um, great uh, being on the show. 
All right, that is all I have for you today. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you liked what you heard, please take a minute and write a review on iTunes. I would so appreciate it. It helps people like you find the podcast and it helps me get some killer guests. Thank you so much and I will talk to you next week.